A good morning, a good Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kaidish. Parshas Mishpatim Tavshin Pei Dalid. Erev Shabbos Kaidish, Reish Chaidish, Oder Rishon. This morning we davened, we said Halil, we had Musaf, we had Laning. And we know that there's a famous Mishnah, the Mishnah says, Mishanichnas Oder Marben Besimcha. So I brought down in. Svarim, there's a question, does that apply to other Rishon? Does it only apply to other Shani? I saw that Reb Chaim Kanievsky's was asked this question, and he answered that it, it is, does apply, that even from the beginning of this month, we start to have the feeling and we start to express the fact that the Rebbein Shalom should give us Simcha, and we want to have Simcha, and that's one of the things we asked in the davening today, that should be days of Simcha for Klal Yisrael. So how does one express himself in Simcha? So this morning after davening, I was in the mitzvah by having a cup of wine and making a l'chaim. And I saw that Reb Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal said that his father used to do it. And he said his father, the stipler, used to drink every day of the month of other, would drink a glass of wine after davening. Reb Chaim himself, he said he only did it on Rosh Chodesh. So both today and tomorrow, that's something that we we should try to bring into ourselves to make a lachayim, and not only to make a lachayim by ourselves, to try to do it with our friends if we can. Especially in these days that we're going through, we know that we look for Rebbe of Simcha, and if the Rebbe Shalom has put us together and this month is Mazakas, then we should definitely do our utmost to fulfill this minig of Mishnich Nasadim Bar Besimcha. Reb Chaim says that if a person wants to have true Simcha, the best Simcha is Pekudi Hashem Yisrael Misam Chilev is going on Torah. The Pekudi Hashem, the mitzvahs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's really Misam Chilev, and therefore one should do his utmost to be Marba in the Simcha of learning. And he says, if a person has an opportunity to make a siyam in these months, in, in the month of other, and this year it's two months of other, then a person should do his utmost to make a siyum. I have a grandson of mine who just finished Masech the Kedushin, and we're talking about planning when the, when the siyum is going to be. That's a big simcha. And we said we want to invite all of his friends from his yeshiva and the shir to come to the house, because ain't simcha kesimcha satayra. So what can we speak about in Parshish Mishpatim Tavshin Pei Dalit? So first we want to express uh, again thanks to Rabbi Nishlam for our own private simchas that uh, we're zoiche to have an upcoming simcha of a grandson who's going to get married. This grandson, Nehemiah Yosef, is in the Israeli police force, Nehemiah Yosef Magolius. He's engaged to Noi Chajbi, who's from a, a Yemenite uh, Moroccan background. And this week, for the first time in the history of the Lif family, we were zochet to go to a henna, or a china, as it's called. And don't ask me how we found ourselves into that simcha, but Baruch Hashem, it's a minig that those those customs by many, many people, Yemenite Jews and Moroccan Jews and other Jews, we don't have that minig. But Lamaisa, the minig comes from a, a holy place, we hope. And we hope that they should have a holy marriage. We should be zoichim mitzvah to share in good news, in good tidings, in good simchas. Mitzvah Shem the will be upcoming in the next, in two and a half weeks from now. 
The uh, but we want to speak about the true simcha. Not only this, not a true simcha, but the fact that there's so much that we can learn from this parsha, parshas mishpatim. And I want to start out by speaking about uh, what it says at the end of the parsha. A lot of times, there's so many halachas in this parsha, so we kind of like lose sight of the uh, <laughs> of the fact that there's a whole long parsha, so many halachas and so many dinim, which we find in chukim mishpatim of. Kisik Nevedivri, and then there's the Arba Shaimrim. But we know that this speaks parsha at the end of the parsha it speaks about the famous words of of Matan Torah. And the Pasik says that Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on the mountain, and the Pasik says, Hashem told him to go up in the mountain, and you'll be there, and I'm going to give you the Luchas Evan, Vatayra, Vamitzvis, Asher Kasafti, Lahiraisa. The Rabbanishim is giving the Luchas, he's giving the Torah. And the Pasuk describes in detail how Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain. And it says, Moshe went up with Yeshua, his, his, his Gabai, so to speak. His Meshur is the one that was always in, 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 in taking care of him. Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to the mountain. And over here we know that the Torah tells us that Klai Yisrael said the famous words of Nasev and Nishma. But we want to focus on this Rashi, the Rashi points out that when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up, so what's the purpose of, of Yeshua going up? You know, he goes up and he only goes up to a certain pot, spot on the mountain. So Rashi says, because the Talmud was Malava the Rav, Ad Makam Hagbalas He escorted him as close as he could to get until the area where you weren't allowed to go any further to the mountain, where he wasn't allowed to be there together with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe continued on his trek. Where did Yeshua? What did Yeshua do for those forty days? It says Yeshua Natasham Olav Nesakiv Shom Yeshua he planted the tent, and he stayed there for all forty days, because we know that as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu come down, came comes down from the mountain, it says by Yishma Yeshua is called Ambara Lav we know that Yeshua was not together with the rest, the rest of Klai Yisrael during the Chet of the Yegel, because he stayed there. So I saw that Revolbi Zetzal says we hear from a tremendous lesson of him. Yeshua could have gone back to the base Medrash. No, he stays there, and he wants to wait until Moshe Rabbeinu. The relationship between the Talmud and the Rav was so close that, Moshe, that Yeshua did not leave there for 40 days. That was his job. His job was to remain there for 40 days. Revolvi says an unbelievable thing, though. When he came to the mirror, so one Shabbos, he went to, to, for Shabbos to um, Kamenetz. He went to visit a friend of his that was learning by Baruch Ber in Kamenetz. And when he came for Shabbos, he saw that this friend of his, would, every single moment, opportunity, when they passed by Baruch Ber's house, he would always go and look to see what, you know, what's, what's going on. Like the, in today, it's popularly called the hack. But he, went to, he wasn't starting the hack. He looked in through the windows. He went to see, is, is Rebarch Ber speaking and learning? With Talmudim, then he'll go in and he's speaking and learning. Was Rebarch Ber in, in need of someone to escort him to the base Medrash, to the yeshiva? He says the entire Shabbos, every single time they passed by Rebarch Ber's house, this friend of his had such an attachment to his Rebbe that he wanted to be there to see, how can I get Shemush of Talmudim Chachamim? And Revolbi says that today people have lost that art 
like you know, people even if they have a Rebbe, they have a Rosh Hashiva, but you know, they get to him when they when when they, when they need him, but they don't always look for opportunities for growth and shimish Talmud Chacham and being mishamish to Talmud Chacham, being close to the Talmud Chacham, that is something which we really should work on. And this is what he says, this is what Rashi is telling us, that by Kabbalah Satara there was a relationship between the Rebbe and the Talmud, such a relationship that Yeshua could not leave for 40 days, because every moment, he didn't, he, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu is going to come down, maybe it will be an extra minute that I can chaperain, that I can get some shimush, to get something from the Rebbe, that I can see what, how the Rebbe's hanhog is. And I want to mention this because this is really a great lesson. When we speak about Parshas Mishpatim, I was contemplating why is it that Parshas Mishpatim, which we know is Eilat Mishpatim, it's a continuation of last week's Parsha, of the giving of the third Har Sinai, Ma'elu B'Sinai, Fe'elu B'Sinai. But why was Parshas Mishpatim Zoycha then also at the end of the Parsha? Again, it repeats and it tells us the story of Kabbalah Satur, where Kaisal says, it says, Nasev and Nishma. So it could very well be, there's many, many reasons behind it. But I think the lesson is, is that the concept is to be makabal the Torah, and especially as we're saying now, to makabal the Torah from the Rebbe. Moshe Rabbeinu was makabal the Torah from Hashem. Moshe keep the Torah misinai, misarli Yeshua, and he gives it over to Yeshua. It's giving us a lesson, especially when it comes to the dinim and the halachas that are so impacted into this parasha. So we have to know that if we don't have a Rebbe to teach us how to do it, then we're lacking. I want to tell over a story <laughs> this story is such an unbelievable mice. I just saw this story today from Rav Mordechai Neugeshal. He said over that the Blushever Rebbe's at Sal, Rabbi Yisrael Shapira, was a very well known Rebbe. I was able to see him in his late years when he lived in Brooklyn. But he was a Holocaust survivor. Many, many stories about the Blushever Rebbe and the Holocaust. But this mice I never saw. Now it seems that at one point the Rebbe was interned together with a lot of Yidden and it was coming closer to Pesach. And the Rebbe, he didn't give up. He decided he's, we need to have matzahs for Pesach. So what did he do? He went to the commandant, the Nazi and he said to him, listen, there's, there's so many and so many Jews that want to get matzahs, and we want to have permission, give us flour. You have to give us flour anyway for bread. You have to give us bread. So instead of giving us the bread, give us flour. And we will bake it ourselves. And we will get whatever, whatever amount we can get, we'll get. So the commandant, for some reason, didn't throw him out and didn't beat him and didn't kill him. He said, well, I have to get special permission from Berlin. He sent the telegram to Berlin, and unbelievable. The telegram came back, yes, give the, give the Jews the, their, 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 their flour, and that's what happened. So the Yidden, they went and they, make, they made their own tanur out of bricks, and they were able to somehow put together enough flour and water, and they they needed it, and they ah, and they finally they were able to make some matzahs. And then in the middle, as they were finishing making the matzahs, all of a sudden the doors get flung open, and the same Nazi Yamachshvam Vizachronas Sonei Yisrael comes barging in, starts screaming, and he takes and he says, "You went and you sent a letter, and you wrote in the letter that we, we don't treat you well." I don't know if that was true or not. So because of that, he went and he destroyed the, the tanur and he broke all the matzahs. And it was like, you know, everything that they had worked for. And he didn't beat them and kill them, but he beat them spiritually. But the Rebbe held on to one piece of matzah that he was able to put into his pocket. That one piece of matzah was the only thing that was left over from that entire matzah baking. 
Can you imagine such a tzara? Came Leil Seder. Unbelievable. And the Rebbe announced he's going to be a Seder. And all the religious Jews, they gathered around. And the way it's described, murder, there was plenty. Bitterness, there was plenty. Haggadah's Pesach, the Rebbe knew it by heart. And he lay, and he started saying the Haggadah's Pesach. You know, from Vahisha Abda and Manishtana, Avadim Ayinu Bafar Mitzrayim. Ah, everything was stated over there. And then, when it came the time for the Chilis Matzah, everyone was looking around. What is the Rebbe? The Rebbe is probably going to want to eat that little piece of matzah that he has. They knew he had a little piece of matzah. When the Rebbe scanned the crowd, and before he, could, he was looking around, he was looking around. And all of a sudden, there was a woman at the end, a religious, an almana. She had two children in that camp. And she said, Rebbe, the whole purpose of the Haggadah is, is to give over the Mesorah to the next generation, to the children. I have two sons. I want my youngest son, I think his name is Tzvi Yehuda, that he should get the matzah. And the Rebbe said, oh, that's the one that should get the matzah. And the Rebbe gave his precious piece of matzah to that little boy. Before we go any further in the story, the story itself is unbelievable. That the Rebbe understood, yes, the purpose of everything is for the next generation. To be able to have the Messiah given over in the Torah, in the mitzvahs, middle of the camps, who's going to get at this young child? But you have to get to the end of this fantastic story. Eventually the Rebbe was liberated, and this woman, her name was, I want to say her name, should be Zohar Brunya Kushitsky. Brunya Kushitsky was also freed from the camps and eventually she made herself to New York together with the Rebbe and she would ask questions to the Rebbe and then after a while when she was there all of a sudden the Shidduch was uh, given to her. So she used to ask her questions to the Rebbe and she went to the Blue Rebbe who was then in his 50s and she pulled out the, a little petek with the name of the person and the Rebbe looked at the petek and he said, you know, she said, this, is, this was a person that I want to ask uh, advice. Does the Rebbe know the person? The Rebbe said, I know him, and I think it's worthwhile for you to make a pikisha for you to meet him. He's a religious Jew, and it's worthwhile for you to meet him. So, okay, they make up a time, and then a place, and she goes, and she, when he comes, who does she meet? It's the Rebbe. She didn't realize this person... Yisrael Shapiro, she never knew the Rebbe's full name. She knew him as the Belush of the Rebbe, the Rebbe, the Rebbe. She didn't know him as Yisrael Shapiro. It was the Rebbe himself. The Rebbe himself, Rabbi Zayn. Eventually, they got married. They were not Zohar to have any children of their own from the second marriage, but from the first marriage, those two boys that survived, including the one Tzvi Yehuda, was the younger one, they got the matzah. The Rebbe brought them up, and eventually when the Rebbe passed away, the Rebbe passed away. That Tzvi Yehuda became the Blue Rebbe in his stead. He was such a connecting force to the, to the Rebbe in the camps. And they asked the Rebbe, why did you make the Shidduch with this Brunya Koshitsky? She didn't come from the so-called illustrious Rebbe lineage. He says, what do you mean? A woman in the middle of the camps who sees and has a Munah that the Rebbe is watching over and all she can care about, that her son should get a brekel matzah. That's a woman who understands really what the tachlis, what the purpose of the Jewish people are all about. And I think it's a, such a, 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 an amazing story with an amazing message for all of us. We're living in times so difficult. We, we can't take anything for granted. 
the, the, the Gedolim have said that we, we, we're, now we've only been working on the, the hostages and the, and the soldiers and the South, which in itself is a tremendous sorrow. But we don't realize that in front of us there's the North, and if a war breaks out, how much damage could be done, how many people, chas v'shalom, could be hurt. And we have to daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, especially these days in the Gedolim said to daven, but we don't, we're not Miyayish. We don't give up. The Rabbanishum is Netzach Yisrael Lo Yishakir. Everything is going to be for the next generation. We are here to, to be the conduit, be able to bring the next generation in. And I think this is a great message in this parsha, the connection between Rebbe and Talmud. I want to speak about two other people before we go further into the parsha. One of them was Rebarch Weisbecker. I mentioned this week the Rashiva of Yeshiva's base, Matis who happened to be the Rashid of my son, Yehudaleb, and my grandson, Dan Daniel, and my son-in-law. And he was a person himself that came from what you would consider, what we would consider today, a modern Orthodox background. His parents were, were, were from the Mizrahi, but he went, and he went to Yeshiva in Kfar Roeh, and Rav Moshe Tzvineria was the Rashid, who happens to be a relative of mine. It was a great Tom Tchachem, but it was the head of B'nai Kiva. Yeshiva sent him to Panovich, became a Talmud Muvuk from Rav Shach, eventually became a great, great Rosh Hashiva. And he was always very, very uh, involved with his Talmudim, not only in the learning, but he always felt that the most important thing to teach, to teach them a, a way, a derech in learning, a derech in tefillah, a derech in avodah, that that's what they will continue, they will pass on to their children. Another year who passed away, and I went to be Menachem Oval, was someone that... In the American world, they also heard about him. His name was Rebbe Alter Yachnes. He was the one Rebbe, Cheder Rebbe, who taught Kita Aleph. And again, there's a picture today's a picture. I have, to, I have to have the connections to my family. But it was his, one of his first Talmidim, going back when, over 40-some-odd years ago, was a young boy by the name of Dov Berlif when we lived in Telstone. There's a picture in today's paper of a bunch of Cheder King children at the Tachanat Autobus in Telstone with Rabbi Alter and his guitar. And Rabbi Alter was a great, great innovator. He brought music into the world of the Chadorim and the Talmud Torahs and his songs, Parabit Pajama Be'emtza Laila, and many, many other. He was able to take children's songs and he was able to, 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 to instill within them Emuna and Bitochen. Rabbi said, giving over to the next generation, being Maisa the Torah, that's all part of the Eila HaMishpatim. And this week happens to be, I'm learning in the Shir, the Sugyas, of that one of the premier mitzvahs that a father has to a son is to be Malamed B'nai Torah. And we mentioned in the Shir that there's really a kasha, because the Gemara learns it out from a Pasuk in Devarim, where it says in the second parish of Kriyashma, we're all familiar with that Pasuk. But there's a previous Pasuk, which is going back all the way in Parshat Eschanan, which is the first um, chapter of Kriyashma, where it says the words in, in the Pasuk, in the Parshat of Hafsa Hashem Lekechem, it says, So it says you should teach your sons. So why does the, why does the Gomorrah only bring the Pasuk of Vilimarate Mosem's Benechem? So in the Shir, we said over that if you take a look in the Rashi, Vishinantam Vanecha, Avnir Rashi explains that that's not going on, Bonim. Shinantam Levanecha's Elu HaTalmidim, because the children are called, the, the, the Talmidim are called Bonim. 
And the Torah, that Pasuk, since it's used the Lashon of Shinun, Shinun is more involved with deeper learning. That's the relationship that goes on between a Rebbe and a Talmud. So therefore, that Pasuk was not the Pasuk of the sons. That's the Pasuk for Talmudim. But no question that no matter how you look at it, the Torah is telling us about the relationship that should be between Rebbe's, Rebbe's and Talmudim. I remember we once took the Neryak of Talmudim and someone asked, <coughs> we know the Sefer Chinuch says, took him to Menebrak, and Rebbeel Pervarsky Shlita, Shabikazun Stark, who was asked this question about what did That How do we know that the Torah is true? The Sefer Chinuch says, <coughs> we know it because Father does not tell a lie. If the Father, every Father said over that the story of Har Sinai, so for sure you can trust in the Fathers. So this Talmud asked, <coughs> well, what happens if I'm a Balchuva? What happens if my Father didn't teach it to me? How will I know that the story is true? So Rebel says, your Rebbe, your Rebbe is your father. The Rebbe teaches you the lesson. Rabbi said the, the, the relationship of Rebbeim to Talmidim is like the relationship of a father to a son. And I must say over that yesterday was the yard site of the altar from Slabotka, Reb and one of his primed, primary students was Rev Rudiman Zetzal. I just heard that, just saw today the paper that Rav Moshe Hiller Hirsch should be Gesundstark, the great Godel, Rashid of Slabotka, who's in America now, is traveling around America, and he's he made it to Baltimore, and he gave a shir in Baltimore, he was in the yeshiva, and he was in the Chafetz Chaim, and in the in Koch of Yitzchok, and he is a Moshe Atayra. But Rav Rudiman Zetzal, I remember when he was in Eretz Yisrael, I took him to the Kvarim of, in Har, in Har Menuchas, and there was a, someone else that took him to the Quorum and Harazazim. He wanted to go to the Altus Kever. And when he got to the Altus Kever, I've said over the story, it's not in the book, but it should be in the upcoming book, Mirz Hashem, to Rav Rudiman that Rav Rudiman asked that all, anyone that came with him should go away. He wants to, to daven just by himself. But there were some people that, you know, they, like Yeshua, they want to see exactly what the Rebbe's doing. So they stood behind one of the Quorum. They saw that Rav Rudiman literally, when everyone left, he looked around. And then he prostrated himself on top of the kever of the altar. And he started crying with Bechias. And he said, altar, the, the altar, altar, I'm not, I was nothing without you. You made everything for me. And, and, and he gave over a karzatayv. And then he asked for brachas for his family. He asked for brachas for Klai Yisrael. But it was like an amazing thing. For minute, literally 20 minutes to half hour, he was crying on top of the kever. And this is the Indian of Hishtatchus HaKvarim, being Mishtateach on Kvarim. Very, very few people do it today. And then afterwards, he got off of the kever, he brushed himself off, and he calmed down. And then people came to him, and they saw it. He looked in, he had the cover of the Slabotka de Kederach. Ah, Rabbi said, there's a, there's a parasha, this week's parasha, there's a pasuk in this week's parasha, which we're going to speak about, again, relationships of fathers and sons, and the Rebbe's of Talmidim. The Pasuk speaks about the, um, the fact that you have to be very, very careful and cautious of how you treat your parents. The Pasuk says in Perk Chof Aleph, Pasuk Tezvav, Pasuk says a few psukim over here. It says, Make Ovi Yumas. If a person has to hits his parents, so he's chayiv misa. If a person kidnaps another person and he sells him, 
also Mosumas. And then the third Pasuk is Umakalo love of Mosumas. If you're Makalo, your father and your mother, if you curse your father and mother, you also get Misa. Everyone raises the question that the three Psukim seem to be disjointed. If we're speaking about the relationship of fathers, it should have said Maka Aviv, that you get Misa, and Makalo love if you get Misa. Why does it put in the concept of kidnapping in between? So the Ramban is bothered by the question. And the Ramban comes along, Ramban and says, well, it has to do with the fact that the first two, Maka Aviv and Goinavish, a person gets Chenek. Right? That person gets Chenek. That's a type of Misa. But Makalo Avivim gets a strong, gets a, a more stringent one, and that's it gets Skila. We, the Pasuk that we learn it out from most Yumas, we learn it out from Sukkim later on in Kedoshim, that Imai, the Aviv, Kilo Domav, that they get, you get the Misa of Skila. So therefore it's separate as far as the Einish. So the question is, why is that true? Why is cursing a father, a, a father or a mother, is worse than what? Than hitting a father and a mother. So Rebelli Baruch Finkel Zatzal brings down a Gavaldika Rayon and he uses our Rosh Hashiva, the Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir Yeshiva, who said a very interesting Chiddush in the Mitzvah Kibbut Avayim. The Mitzvah Kibbut Avayim is not just to do the actions of Mitzvahs. In the Mitzvah Kibbut Avayim, a person has to really have a deep regard for the greatness of parents. We say the greatness of parents, every single parent has a particular wonderful characteristic or many characteristics which are indicative of who that personality is. And your prime said a person has to have the perspective of how important and chashiv their father and their mother truly are. And therefore, a person has to speak properly with the highest regard to their parents because I'm speaking to the most important person in my life, the one that brought me into the world. So it's not just the maizim that a person does, but it's the, 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 the backdrop of it, which is to have the full appreciation for the greatness of who the parents are. And that's the difference between Esau's way of speaking to his father Yitzchak and Yaakov Avinu's way of speaking to his father Yitzchak. All of a sudden, when Yaakov came in and he acted like he was Esau, so what did, Yaakov, what did Yitzchak say? Hakol kol Yaakov, the actions like Esau, you're doing the right things, but the calls, you're speaking with such honor and such regard. And therefore, Rebbe Baruch wants to say, when a person hits his father, that's an outward action. That in itself is Chayiv Misa. That's the, that's the get chenik for that. But when a person is makalo lovavima, when a person curses his father, yes, words can hurt and words can have an effect. And that's less of a regard of a, of a, of a, of a, of a parent. And therefore, there's a higher level of Misa. Ah, Rabbi Sai, how important it is, that's a tzad hara. How important is tzad atayv? A person has parents in order to look for the goodness in them and to be mechabedem and to realize that they are the conduit for us to have the connection to our Sinai, as we said before. These are all great things. One last part that we're going to say, and we just want to say we've, we're not doing justice to the entire parish. There's so much to do over here. But, you know, uh, as we said before, you know, it's a whole month that we can put in Simcha, a whole month that we can learn this parasha. So the Pasuk speaks about if you sell an Eved Ivri, right? When you buy an Eved Ivri, right? Kisik Eved Ivri, Sheishan Yavad. And then, oh, then the Pasuk says, 
that um, you want to quickly go to this pasuk. Yeah, the pasuk says when you um, if the Evan wants to stay longer, right? So then the pasuk says then if he stays more than Sheshanim, he says I have to and I don't want to leave and I want to stay there. So then you take him to the to the doorpost. And you do what's called Ritzia on the Oznai by Matzeya. And Rashi says, why do we do the Ritzia on the Oznai? So there's a really two shitas. One shita is because the Oizen heard on Harsinai, Kili Avadim, right? The light, you shouldn't be an Evid to what? To, to other Avadim. So you're going to go sell yourself as an Evid? So therefore, that's uh, per, that's the reason why we 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 bore into the ear, and the other reason is the the ganav the ganav heard that leisignayf um, you heard it at Har Sinai, right? The oizen heard it, so therefore that oizen that heard in Har Sinai it was halach v'ganav tirza should also have the board should have the ear board. So I saw that Rebbe Baruch Finkel Sansal says. We know that Harsinai, it says that they saw the Kailas. So when Klai Yisrael said, uh, when Klai Yisrael heard, it says, they saw it. So we should maybe knock out the eye. Why knock out the ear? So here he brings down that uh, the Sharit Shuva says, it brings down, I believe, from the Gemara Babakama, which we've been learning now in the Daf Hayomi. What happens, what's worse, the power of sight or the power of hearing? So the Gemara says that if a person is, is um, pagea in someone's eyes, so then what happens is you have to pay for the damage of the eye, the value of the eye, whatever the value is. If a person causes another person to be deaf, then you have to pay the entire amount of what a person's value is. Why is that? Because hearing, Rabbeinu Yonah says, if a person hears a good piece of news, it's literally medashen atzmosov. His whole being becomes better. And if a person hears bad news, news which is destructive, news which is harmful, news which is cholistic, then also his entire being becomes, becomes empty, becomes, becomes ruined. Eyesight has a certain amount of value, yes. But seeing something is not as more damaging, is less damaging than the concept of seeing. Sight is the most important thing. And here we have an unbelievable thing. Rebbe Baruch said that really the truth is, it doesn't say in the Torah, in the Aserah Sadibris, it doesn't say, Kili b'nei Yisrael That's a Pasuk later on. That's not something that they actually heard at Har Sinai. Also, when it says in the Torah, Leisignayv, in the Aserah Sadibris, it's talking about kidnapping. It's not talking about stealing. But the answer is, Rabbeinu Sadiagon says already, that all of the 613 mitzvahs are all embedded into the Aserah Sadibris. If a person knows how to hear it, then you'll hear all 613 mitzvahs. And this, was the, this, is, the, this is what Chazal is telling us. Oizen sheshamas meher sinai. It says in the Torah, it says in the Aserah Sadibris, Anoch Yashem means I am the one who took you out of Mitzrayim. 
So automatically, you know you have to be an Evet HaKadosh Baruch You don't have to necessarily say it. You can hear it. When the Torah says Leisigna, it's talking about kidnapping, but it's including all types of, of Geneva. Because a person is able to hear more than is what, just, what he sees. Rabbi said, there's more, to th- there's more to what we can understand in the Torah than we can possibly imagine. Erev Shabbos Kaidish, Parshish Mishpatim, Erev Shabbos Kaidish, Rish Kaidish Adar. We want to be able to have Mishinichnas Adar, Marvin Basimcha. The more Torah we'll learn, the more Siyumim we'll learn, the more we'll understand there's so much depth to the Torah. And where do we get the Torah from? We get the Torah from our parents, we get the Torah from our Rebbeim. And we see the dynamics that there were great, great Jews that they. They, they were not miyayish. They made sure that their children would get a piece of matzah even in the Holocaust. So for those of us who are fortunate to live in this time period, we should be thankful to Rabbanu Shalom. We should continue to daven for our brethren that are in Tzara. The Shvuyim should be released in The soldiers should be safe. The country should be safe. We should be zeicha. Shabbos Kaidah should come in. It should be Mishinich Mazadamar Basimcha. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.